gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another episode of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 277. And you are not going to believe that the person we have on the show today has been on the podcast before. But I am willing to bet none of you have heard it. None of you heard the episode way back at the beginning of this podcast. I'm talking episode two, episode two. We had today's guest on the show. Uh, he has produced uh, many animated things, uh, including uh, look, when, when we had him on, it was uh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern, the animated series was the reason we we found uh, this, this gentleman uh, I've been proud to call him a friend for now for 10 years. We knew each other before the Hall of Justice ever became a thing. Uh, but then the Hall of Justice did become a thing. I'll tell you what. Why don't we go back since nobody heard it? Let's <laughs> listen to the first minutes of my interview with today's guest. And with that, welcome to the Hall of Justice. That's right. That's our new podcast. And if you're listening, this is episode two. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, what are you doing? Stop that. Stop it right now. Go back. Listen to episode one. My name is Seth Everett. Glad to be with you. We have a great podcast network coming up, and uh, I am so excited about today's guest. Uh, I met him about three years ago through the magic of Twitter. Um, he is a director, he is an animator, he's a producer, he's a comic creator, he's got his own comic books. Uh, I know him from Green Lantern, the animated series, but he also worked on this amazing animated movie that we're going to talk about called Trapped in Time, and there's so many things I want to ask him about the ever-changing world of animation, we're so excited to have him in here, and I hope I pronounce his name correctly. Nonetheless, this is literally our first conversation that is not through Twitter. Because every other conversation we have ever had has just been through Twitter. But we are pleased to welcome to episode two of the Hall of Justice, the great Giancarlo Volpe. How are you doing, man? Good. Thank you for having me on. It's so funny that you're, that you're doing this. And uh, seriously, I, I look back because I was trying to see if, if I had a phone number for you because I was trying to track you down. 
And I literally found out our first conversations were back in 2012. It's crazy that it's gone this long. Two adults (laughs) should not have to go that long. This is the world we live in now. We we, we don't have to talk to each other. You just tweet. That's right. You just tweet. (laughs) That was episode two of this podcast. This is 277. He's worked on Clone Wars. He's worked on JLA Adventures. He did Star versus the Forces of Evil. And now he's working on The Boys Diabolical as the supervising director. Giancarlo Volpe is our guest right here again on the Hall of Justice. Welcome back. It took you long enough to come back to this show. Amazing. I was like, when you get 275 more episodes down, then I'll, <laughs> I'll consider coming back. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I have to ask you, and I, 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 this is going to sound really strange. The podcast was literally brand new. What possessed you to sit down and do that podcast? You know what? Back then was a different time when I was a first time sort of showrunner level on Green Lantern. Right. And so I noticed that there were a lot of people that were asking for interviews and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I might as well say yes to every single one of them <laughs> um, because I probably need the, the, the PR and all yeah, that, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, I, I try to do that to this day, but I'm, I feel like I'm even busier than before, if that's possible. So I, you know, I'm sure you caught me at a good time. I'm like, well, I guess this is a thing you do when you're a showrunner now. <laughs> you do interviews and stuff. That was crazy. I, I, and we thought we were a big stuff back then. I mean, yeah. I, I, the back then, I mean, when I started this podcast, I was amazed at anybody. I remember it was a year after I had worked with uh, Wizard World on the Con TV project. And it was at Comic-Cons where I learned that there were so many people in this industry that had a story to tell and you could Mm. do an adult themed podcast. And I would like to think in the beginning, it was something that nobody, there wasn't another podcast like it. It was, it was truly unique, but it was blessed because of people like yourself that were willing to do it now. Um, Oh, wow. I have to, I have to tell you, it's just, it's so cool because I've been rooting for you. You know, we know each other through social media and stuff like that, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. And I root for you, you know, for all your projects and all, you know, even projects that aren't really my target demographic. I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. I, I, I know him. He, he was on the podcast. And now you're working on the boys diabolical, this, this eight part animated series. That's like a com- accompaniment to the boys TV show on, on the Amazon Holy moly, I would have watched this show anyway. I didn't need to know that you were involved in it. <laughs> yeah. How did you get this this gig? It, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, there's a way I could tell the story where it sounds very like easy. You know, I was <laughs> sitting around at sort of the end of 2020. You know, this was our first year in quarantine, just to sort of right, put it, things sure. in perspective. And I needed a job. And so I called a friend in, who, who is also sort of like in a high position at an animation studio. And I was just like, I got, like, I think I need a job. Like, have you heard it? Do you need anyone? Have you heard anything? And he said, check in with Titmouse. Um, they, they have something that might be perfect that you might be able to um, help out on. And, you know, one thing led to another. I talked to their executive producer, 
on the boys, um, Simon Rassiopa, who was also sort of the, the head writer, you know, um, who also did Invincible prior. Um, among uh, many another other show, things. another show that I can't get enough of. Yeah. And, um, you know, we interviewed and hit it off. And like the, the one thing is they, they told me that they were doing this spinoff, this animated spinoff of the boys. And I remember thinking at the time, oh man, the boys, it was on my to watch list, but I hadn't watched it yet. <laughs> and at this time. So it was out, it was out, it was but you fully, hadn't seen like, it yet. Both seasons, by the way, like both season one and two were already fully out. <laughs> and and I was like, I should probably like at least watch an episode before I take the interview. So, I, you know, I don't sound like a total idiot. And I remember within like five minutes, because, you know, we all remember how how both the, the series and the comics start, you know, like seeing Huey's girlfriend get obliterated. <laughs> um, I was like, what is the show? And I, I just remember being so immediately drawn in. And then suddenly, you know, a little anxious that I was interviewing to work on something affiliated with it because I didn't want to screw it up because I liked it that much. This episode of the Hall of Justice is brought to you by MyBookie. The madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on nonstop action with MyBookie. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out a multiple bracket, you don't even like sports, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for a player in game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Hall of Justice. One word, Hall of Justice, to secure a first deposit 50% bonus up to $1,000. It's simple. Put in $200, play with $300. Put in $1,000, play with $1,500. Just use the promo code JUSTICE to claim your bonus. College ball, NBA, UFC, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Don't forget the promo code Hall of Justice. Do the superhero thing. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. The two names that I'm fascinated to know what you're dealings with are, are them because like, you know, I'm living vicariously through you. Yeah. Uh, Garth Ennis, who was worked on the animated series, but also wrote the comic book uh, right. and and uh, Eric Kripke, who right. I mean, we're talking Supernatural. I love that show. Timeless. We're talking revolution. Like we're talking uh, Eric Kripke here. I mean, it, it, so so tell me. Either guy, how much involvement did either one have and what's your dealings with them like and how do I get them on this podcast? Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's, that's a multi Oh, you didn't know? Question. Episode two, you, you offered producer credits. So I just, just <laughs> yeah. so you know. Yeah. So Garth Ennis, um, I never actually spoke directly to. He was kind of dealing more with Simon. But um, I remember when we were doing various edits of the animatic, we would get email, you know, feedback from him. And so it was always kind of, that was especially interesting to make sure that it just felt correct, you know, like, especially that particular short, because I, you know, obviously there's the boys series, which is um, kind of the Kripke verse, if you will, the Carl Urban, you know, butcher. Um, but this was designed to be the Garth Ennis, you know, sort of faithful version of it. So we wanted to make sure we got it right. And I, I remember 
specifically, um, just to give a little bit of context, there was a, a bit where uh, when Butcher first enters the apartment, I had him smacking up OD a bit more. Um, oh, okay. And in Garth the, actually- It's in episode asked, three, uh, yes, the, the pusher one. I'm your pusher. I'm your pusher. Got it. Garth asked us to take that out because he wanted um, uh, Butcher's presence alone to be imposing. He didn't need to throw his weight around. So, so you know, he was very fine tuning it. So, you know, he, he definitely weighed in. Eric was more, much more involved. Like Eric was giving feedback on every single episode, every design, you know, weighing in on which voice actors we cast and everything. Um, I only met with him a handful of times via Zoom, but he was always, you know, lovely and, and cooperative, you know, or, you know, uh, collaborative is the word. Cooperative implies that, like, you know, he's a, he's a child or something. He was collaborative um, and, uh, you know, great to work with. So I learned a ton, you know, watching him work. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, Seth Rogen's also involved in this show yes. and uh, Aquafina wrote an episode. She's also in an episode. It's crazy. Andy Samberg, uh, Andy yeah. Samberg, who, you know, is hysterical, uh, writes this really heartfelt uh, episode uh, called John and Son He. That we, I want to break down all these of these episodes with you. Um, but before before we do. So you said something very interesting. You said it's faithful to the comic book, but because the voice actors are the same, the or for the most part, uh, the right. the so it, it, it's in both continuities. So if the animated series is just for if, if you didn't see the TV show, this animated series coincides with the books. If you didn't read the book, this animated series coincides with the TV show. Is that yeah? It almost kind of bridges. That's the, amazing uh, that it, 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 it like lives in two worlds. It's interesting, like, I suppose we could have went a different direction where we just recast everyone, you know, so it was very distinctly its own thing. We actually, I, I you know, we gave Carl Urban first dibs. I hope that it's not. Um, no, 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 but I would, but I would think they wouldn't want you to do that. I would think that Amazon would be like, no, 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 use these guys. If they'll, if, they, if, if Elizabeth yeah. Shue's willing to do it, you use. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and you know, we, we gave Carl Urban like dibs on the butcher role and he unfortunately had to pass and he, he kind of gave us like his blessings. I think he was just really busy at the time. So he's like, I, I just, I can't squeeze it in my schedule. Um, you have my blessings to recast butcher. And so we went with Jason Isaac. make sure it's not I, as good looking as him. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, it was all in, in the Pippen. contract. Right. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't mean at all to imply that like Jason was like sort of our, our second pick or anything no, no, no. like that. You know, obviously out of respect, we went to Carl first, but then when we knew that wasn't an option, like Jason Isaacs, I, sure. I have worked with him sort of tangentially before on Avatar, where he played um, Commander Zhao or General Zhao, depending on sort of what rank he was, you know, in, in the episode and always thought he was so good in that Um just a fan of him in general. So he was a really cool, you know, kind of a uh, um, uh, variable to otherwise what is the show's lineup. Obviously, you know, um, Huey is also played by Simon Pegg, which, which is right. the original vision from the comics. So. Right, right, right. That's, that's right. That, that, right. The original comic is based on Simon Pegg, the person, not the actor, but Simon was too old, so he couldn't play Huey. And that's one of the cool stories about uh, the, 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 the original show. But Anthony Starr is Homelander and uh, 
right. There's, you know, the, the, the other the other ideas uh, exist a, a, as they are. Um, again, before we get into the the uh, episode by episode, these episodes all it's an anthology. So every episode all takes place in the universe, but they all have different animation styles and yeah. they look completely different. Um, that's a very, very daunting task, it would seem, to make <laughs> these look completely unique unto themselves. Um, and it's very interesting because comparatively, Star Wars Visions came out around yeah. the same time and it looks the, the same, even though those are all in the anime style. So for example, you have very cartoony looks and then you have re really modern animation looks. Like, Talk about that process and how you chose what for what and is that something that happens in the writing or is that in, I don't know, tell, tell me how this goes about. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting. Like, I think the, the concept of this was that it should feel like sort of Spike and Mike's Twisted Animation Festival. You know, people our age may remember that from, from like the late 90s, I want to say, or mid 90s, maybe early 90s. Um, but we wanted it to feel like a, a, a true anthology with different styles. Um, the individual writers often had a comp they were looking for. Like for example, Seth and Evan really wanted Laser Baby's Day Out to feel like a Looney Tunes homage or throwback mm -hmm. Looney Tunes kind of thing. Um, there were others that were maybe a little bit more vague or maybe a little more like, I don't know, dealer's choice, you, you, you let us know. But we got a directive from above that we wanted to make sure the whole thing didn't look like the same style copy printed eight times. So I was a little nervous about pulling that off because as supervising director, I'm obviously have, have my set of tastes. And if sure. I call notes on the look of any of the shorts too much, I'm probably going to start to homogenize all eight of them to look the same. So to offset that, I really leaned on the individual directors, like probably more than I normally would. So if they thought a character design looked great and would approve it, um, looked good to me too. Or if they, you know, thought a background painting was beautiful, I, you know, would resist the urge to say like, oh, but what if we did this to it? Like, no, if they like that, then that's, that's the direction we're going. And I think that's how we pulled it off was we let, we, we kind of declared like, this is the Looney Tunes ones. This is the, you know, the Rick and Morty looking one, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then let the directors really steer how, to, how that manifests. This episode of the Hall of Justice is presented by Hydronique. They are electrolyte powder packets for hydration with no sugar and keto friendly. Their website is www.hydroniquehydration.com and you can find them on Amazon. Started in the midst of the pandemic, the founder of Hydronique Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches. A landmark research study published early during the pandemic showed that up to 81% of frontline healthcare workers develop new headaches, mainly because of their PPE, like face masks and face shields, which prevented them from eating and drinking properly while on the job. He would leave work tired, dehydrated, and burnt out. The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals, but with no sugar, something that was keto-friendly and healthy. But most powdered drinks on the market have tons of sugar and caffeine. That's why he created Hydronique Hydration, 
sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich electrolyte powder packets for daily use, containing all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. This product contains elderberry, which has immune-boosting properties for support during cold and flu season. Hydronique Hydration Electrolyte Powder Packets can also fit in your bag or suitcase when traveling. Traveling? I remember traveling. That's Hydronique, www.hydronique, hydration.com. It's the word hydration and unique mashed together. Or search for Hydronique Hydration on Amazon.com, where they're offering a discount coupon at checkout for next week. And mention you found them on the Hall of Justice. What's the prospects now of, I mean, the boys has been renewed. The boys is going to have season three coming soon. Um, right. What about another eight or another six or like, you know, animation takes a little longer to do. And you guys are doing uh, all these different animation styles. You're not doing them. None of these are CG. So, right. so it's, it's all traditional animation. It, 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 it's pretty wild. Um, what are the prospects for another version, another round in season two? I think it's like everything. It always depends on like how many people watch it, how many people like it. So it says I, it's in the top 10 of Amazon Prime. I, I yeah, I believe me. I, I they also uh, said so, up. you know, the, 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 the toothbrush I bought was also there. So who, who knows? <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> yeah. So we're right up there with your toothbrush <laughs> and, you know, Miss Maisel. <laughs> So, oh, but like, Miss I, Maisel is so good too. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. Like, I would love to do more. Um, yeah, this was so much fun. So, like, I, I'm, I'm. Hopefully, if people keep watching it or rewatching it, um, they'll order more. That's that. That's incredible. Well, I, I don't want to take you know your your whole your whole day. I know how busy you are. Um, I love the um the the the, the gleam in your eye. Uh, we've had a lot of directors and producers and writers on the show. And uh, whenever I ask them what they're working on and they can't tell me because of NDAs, they love that. There's a little <laughs> satisfaction of the, I can't tell you. So I know yeah, you're busy. Yeah. I know you can't tell me anything that's uh, coming out, uh, but uh, promise that, you know, next time you're, you're, you won't go 275 episodes uh, before you come back to the, to the podcast. Oh um, man, we'd love to. I, I will say this because I know that, you know, you, you want juicy gossip on, on podcasts. Unfortunately, that's, working on... That's what we want on podcasts? No. Yeah, why not? On, on the boys, Diabolical, part of the... Part of making the show was a couple season three spoilers slipped through uh, and I had to know them in order to sort of do my job. Oh, so uh, I'm a little bit like, you know bummed and ruined that I were, learned things sort of out of order because um, I'm a very like you know precious about not not knowing these things but um, I'm you know super excited to watch season three and well, well hold on so. let me let me let me understand so did you have to take things out of the show because they were spoilers or they're in the show and they are spoilers and now the audience has to try to figure this out before going into season three it's it's super subtle but a little bit of column a and column b like there were certain things where it's like you can't do that because it contradicts a thing that happens in season three and please plant this because we might see something in season three that that kind of pays off so so it, it definitely like 
you know, learned some things. <laughs> that's, that's, so that, hopefully, that's very cool. you know, maybe that'll give people incentive to like rewatch. Well, you know, and, and I told you this off air, you know, the reviews for the boys have been awful. The, the podcast that we've done, I, I, there's nothing to say about it. The, the, <laughs> the story is just so brilliant. Um, season two, I mean, season one was incredible, but season two is also fascinating. Just the whole, the Nazi aspect of it and, and, and where it was going and how dark Homelander got. And it, it, oh my goodness, like, you know, you're, you were conflicted in season one on who were the good guys, you know, where, where the, where the, the boys, the quote unquote, were the boys, the good guys, or were they really not the good guys? And we're, they're just trying to ruin this thing. And um, I mean, the, the, the season one with the, with the, with whoever the Aquaman guy is. Uh, uh, oh yeah. You um, know, uh, the, the rape scene and all, all, all yeah. of that. It's, it's, it's so dark. This show Chase is Crawford. so dark. Um, and, and by the way, like, you know, that scene really messed me up and, and made me hate him. But then like, he also sort of turned into, you know, the, the comedy character yeah. as the season unfolded, which I think is part of the reason why we made him uh, sort of, sort of like, you know, in one of our sillier episodes as the antagonist and like, he was so good. Like uh, it was a lot of lines sort of at, at the end of that episode that he ad-libbed. Cause like, you know, some of that stuff about like, you know, I've been uh, doing research about like water fall off and it's, you know, polluting the oceans. <laughs> that was, oh, I think a lot of that was just him riffing off the script. So he was great. Like just, just really funny to work with. That's uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, one of the things that I've, been fascinated about we didn't talk about it as much with the boys but the boys definitely applies to it i think we were doing a review on jupiter's legacy and jupiter's legacy invincible the boys all these shows are comic creator owned content where garth ennis created something but in his mind's eye and this is what my 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 theory has always been is Basically, they're all knockoffs of the Justice League. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. But but Garth could never do the Justice League this dark. You could never do the right. Justice League in the direction that they wanted to do it. So in my head, and when I watch Invincible, I, I, I find myself doing the same thing. I say, okay, that's the Superman. That's the Batman. That's the Wonder Woman. That's the Aquaman. Like, you see all these, these people... And you just plug holes in it. And that, to me, makes the show familiar, even though it's not. It's really brilliant in that way, I guess. And also because, you know, it'd be it'd be brand breaking, I suppose, if you made Superman as awful as he is in as, as Homelander is, you know, in the series like that, that could like, you know, make DC stocks plummet if he was that awful. But that's the difference between creator controlled. I mean you know, these, these artists, you know, we've heard the stories of, of guys who have been on this podcast, who, you know, created characters that now Marvel and DC are making billions off of, and they just were work for hire. Like that, that's all they were. And what, what Robert Kirkman and Garth Ennis are doing is taking the bull by its horns and saying, well, we'll take, we're not going to write justice league. What we'll do is we'll write our justice league and we'll call it whatever we'll call it. And that way we own it. And I, I think it's it's a dichotomy in the industry as the comic book 
animation world has boomed over the years since episode two of this podcast, um, it's fascinating to see these shows have that level of success. It really is. I mean, and I and I get that business model. I mean, I did a show called The Dragon Prince on Netflix, and mm-hmm. you know, I won't speak for all of the sort of uh, co-creators on that show, but in my mind, I always wanted to do a D and D show because I'm a big fan of D and D, and um, that's another one of those IPs that's kind of untouchable. And like, totally. you know, I, I understand they're developing a movie. They're making a movie right now. I think Chris Pine's supposed to be in it, but you know, you try to pitch it and can't get anywhere. So we just sort of made our own fantasy world that's, you know, D&D adjacent. And then you tell your own stories and you also don't owe money to Wizards of the Coast. So, you know, if there's any like, you know, creators listening to this, writers or or comic artists, whoever you are, um, and you, you know, really want to tell a story about a a pre-existing IP and you just can't get through to anyone or get the rights, just just sort of tweak it and, and tell right. your story anyway. And then, then you'll own it in the end. Right. And that's, honestly, you'll be thanking yourself in the long run. <laughs> I mean, Jupiter's Legacy is, uh, oh, oh, the other one is um, the Umbrella Academy. I mean, that's the X-Men. Right. It, yeah. It's the X-Men, but it's not the X-Men. And you couldn't go there with the X-Men. You had to go there on your own. So you tweak it as such and you create a show. And all you have to do as a fan is just identify that. And yeah. say, yeah, this is adjacent. This is my world. Because even though it's not, you know, the guys I knew growing up, just tweak it a little bit. You know, my, my biggest thing is I forget their names. I forget Homelander's name. I'll forget Black oh, Noir's yeah. name. I'll just go with the Batman guy, you know. The like, Batman guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know All what right. you mean. It's a good point. All um, right, let's, uh, let's uh, break down these episodes and let's uh, get you out of here. And I, 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 like I said, I, I appreciate it. Um, the first sure. episode, like you said, there's no dialogue. Uh, it's oh, written yeah. by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, Laser Babies Day Out. Um, did you pick the order? I did not. Um, part of the, the air order was a result of focus tests. So they yeah. wanted to start strong and Laser Babies tested really well. Really? Yeah. Huh. Wow, because I have my favorite. I, I'm not 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 knocking any of them. I just that that wouldn't have been first, but okay. It's so so this is interesting, and and you know I, I don't take offense to you to, to yeah, saying yeah. that. What what I found is pretty remarkable about doing an anthology is there's a big variety of 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 how people rank these things in, taste, in you know yeah. order of of best to worst, and. Um, there's some people that are like, oh, it's it's obviously John and Sun He. There's others that are like, no, it's obviously, um, you know, one plus one, the Homelander episode, or in some cases they're saying mine. Um, and then there's, you know, another camp that's like, no, the funny ones, uh, Laser Baby is obviously the best, or, or you know, uh, you know, I, I always forget the name of episode two because it's so long, but you know, sure. <laughs> the F just... episode about soups killing their parents because they suffered such and such, you know, so I, it's, it's, if anything, I've sort of joked that it's almost like a personality test, you know, like, if, like, give me your ranking of the boys diabolical and then I'll know if you're like a Pisces or <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <That's> interesting. <laughs> you'll say so you're you'll in the say... camp of like, uh, you know, laser babies curious uh, to sort of step off. <laughs> that's interesting the the series yep yep and uh that's uh also in that uh is fred tatasiori uh who's been on this podcast Um, oh yeah yeah 
who yeah. have worked with on on numerous things, and he's one of those guys who who does a little bit of everything. He's the Hulk. Yeah, he's also Soldier seventy six in, in right. Overwatch, which I play a ton of. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's move right along. The uh, you, you mentioned the animated short where pissed off soups kill their parents. Yes. Um, all these guys that it, it's almost like the new mutants um, in that, <laughs> right. like, these are kind of the, the after effects. And, you know, to me, that's where it ties into the show because you find out that they were all given the compound V. Yeah. And so that, you know, there's no mutants in this, this is, this is, they're all created. And then they go on this gory, gory revenge tour. <laughs> um, what, tell me, tell me about putting that one together. I mean, that one definitely feels very, you know, Rick and Morty brand of humor. You know, Justin Roiland is one of the co-creators, which he wrote with Ben Bayouth. Right, Justin um, Roiland uh, worked on Rick and Morty, right? Yes. And uh, uh, directed by Parker Simmons. And like, um, yeah, you know, I think the, the gist of it was like, imagine if you got like really shitty powers and, and comedically shitty, like booby yeah. face. And, yeah. you know, what if your your face was a boom box that can only play, guy, the, only want to be with you by guy. Hooting the Blowfish. Like, oh my so God, the Hooting and the Blowfish. That was extra very Extra over the top and ridiculous powers. And, and everyone's kind of pissed about it. You know, they've been neglected because their powers suck. And uh, they're they're all collectively mad at their parents, you know, murderously mad at their parents, and so it's become sort of this revenge story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty nasty. Uh, the Amir Pusher one is interesting. Um, the 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 drug dealer um, that deals uh, to the soups, um, yes. and Butcher has to confront him. No facial hair for Butcher. Again, that's right. Garth Ennis wrote it. It's based comics. on the boy. The style chosen is the boy's comics, so he's going to look like he looks in the comics. Yeah, that was kind of our, our main directive. I, I remember um, we put a lot of, of attention into making sure Butcher looked correct and that Huey looked like Simon Pegg and, and all the other characters. And then there, there was this glaring error that we all overlooked towards the end of production. We realized that we used Vought International logo on the stage and, and, and everything. And that's not actually not how it appears in the comics. It's actually Vought American. And so we had to do oh, this wow. very late retake call where we had to like redesign the logo and stamp it onto all of these shots. I don't, it must've been like 30 or 40 shots oh, wow. to, uh, to fix Photoshop, that. Photoshop, huh? You just Photoshop yeah, the whole thing? Essentially, yeah. But you know, it, it may have, and who knows if anyone would have cared, but it, to, to us it was, you know, we, we broke the illusion, you know, it's, this was supposed yep. to be the comics universe. So they had to get the logo, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, Boyd in 3d. Uh, yeah. That's episode four. That's um, written by Alana and Elliot Glazer. Yes. Um, and and that, you know, Amazon prime has a show that's similar to um, in, a, in an anthology format called modern love, where every episode is completely different from each other. Some of them are really good. Some of them aren't. And that, that's that's what you get. This one feels like an episode of Modern Love. Like these guys, they oh, all have their issues. Um, and it's, uh, tell me about episode four. Yeah, so four to me is very interesting in that it's a little more intimate and smaller. Like it's about like dating and, you know. And the, and the phones and the Snapchat. And but the, what I like stuff. about it is it still shows like how Vought can corrupt the everyday person, you know, mm -hmm. and in this case, it's in this, in this beauty cream, you know, which is sort of, you know, in case not obvious, sort of a metaphor for like Instagram filters and stuff like that. Yep. And um, 
it, it rises, you know, allows this, this, this couple to fall in love and find each other. And, you know, for somewhat, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, what's the, what's the word, you know, uh, shallow reasons <laughs> oh, <laughs> totally, totally. I think, you think they didn't notice each other until they were hot you know <laughs> thanks to this vodka cream and then how they get she corrupted. becomes a cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i thought was pretty funny you know sort of an, an homage to those like cat filters i guess but but then she also kind of finds herself cute and and even he sort of likes it so you know there's a little bit of like you know <laughs> that you know cat filter kink in there or something <laughs> yeah, and of course it goes it's, horribly it's wrong dirty. So yeah the boys yeah yeah it gets dirty um we should mention kumail nanjani is in that yeah one. uh he plays yeah, the doctor he has a great reaction when at the end spoilers by the way when the uh, the, the main guy boyd his head pops off <laughs> and, and he goes, how much did you take? <laughs> yeah. It's a great line. <laughs> yeah. Great, great line. Um, and we also should mention, we didn't say in episode three, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, yeah. Michael Sarah, like you had some hardcore uh, voice people like Fred Tarasiori. We said we mentioned him. There, there's some some legitimate Gray Griffin is in this show, like Yes. You're going to the hardcore voice people and you as an animation veteran, like, you know, and it, this is not to knock people who aren't, but there are people who have made their careers doing animation and you can see their skill set is different. That's a, that's an interesting uh, uh, assessment, you know, like, you know, cause to me, like there was, there was an early ask, you know, sort of a goal to like really um, cast this with superstars and I've heard this a million times in this industry. It's always like you ask for this person and then they decline and they decline and they <laughs> decline. And then you end up, you know, hiring the, the tried and true, super talented, trained for the job voice actors who I love working with. This was one of those rare uh, exceptions, though, when like we asked for Don Cheadle and we got Don Cheadle <laughs> or, you know, we asked for War Machine know, himself. Yeah. And um so that was fun and surprising and, 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 a, and a pleasure to see. But then, you know, at the end of the day, there's also, um, you know, woman on the street that has two lines or, you know, sort of corporate, you know, evil corporate Vought woman, number one. And, you know, we, we, I would like to think we brought in a, a healthy mix of, of um, super experienced voice actors like Kevin, like Fred, like Gray, and then, you know, brought in, maybe some lesser heard voices. So, you know, we, we, uh, we filled it out with, with, uh, with jobs because, it, you know, at the end of the day, people need paychecks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally get that. Uh, okay. Let's, let's move along. Uh, the, the episode five, um, it, it's like, it's, it's like, a it's, it, it, well, it's, it's odd as, as anything, but it, <laughs> First of all, it looks like anime. Right. So immediately you're you're put in a different place. Like you can't don't binge these. Like take a break in between them because <laughs> they're they're not the same. And it's Aquafina and she wrote it. And it's yes. literally she creates a power to create a person out of poop or create a friend right. out of right. poop. Again. So you get this script. Do you roll your eyes? Like you bite your lip? Like, how does this work? <laughs> This one, so honestly, like I read it, when I heard the premise, I was like, oh, like Mr. Hankey in South Park, you know, this, this has been done before, you know, um, but I think that what was kind of intriguing about this is that it sort of felt like 
what if a Saturday morning, you know, episode of Pokemon went really wrong, you know? <laughs> and I, I almost think that in some respect, this short may have been may have been funnier if we put it on in the background of the live action show so you know uh -huh. it's like you have someone eating their cereal and they're watching this really you know fucked up yeah. Saturday morning cartoon about a girl and her poop and then then you know maybe there'd be like a, a a fan following or like kind of like a viral like what is that show and then surprise we have a short based on it but it's definitely the most weird and um you know over the top but uh, you know i i i also find it sort of endearing in some weird way um it's cute you know if you can kind of like get past the fact that she's snuggling her own poop <laughs> but yeah it's definitely a very well, that, weird that, i mean i i don't want to ask the question i i i can't no disrespect to aquafina even though she's in um, uh shang chi way too much um the i have to be consistent um uh, but uh the yeah I, there's questions about cleanliness and and once it's formed right. is it mess i i, I don't i don't know what is it, what is it? her room smell like there's, what I is mean... the right, smell issues I, I, there were there were questions but uh then we get to nubian versus nubian and that's one of my favorites that's probably like 1a oh that's amazing um, I love that. I love the idea that the kid goes to see another Hall of Justice veteran, John DiMaggio, um, this guy Groundhog, uh, Groundhawk, uh, I, yes. should, I should call him, and Aisha Tyler, who hosts the uh, the talk show on Amazon Prime about the boys, so you know she's a mega fan. And as you mentioned, War Machine is in it um, as right. the, the Nubians and this divorce and this idea uh, that they're on the verge of divorce. What a great plot, but a really smart thing. Aisha Tyler wrote it. Yep. Brilliant. It's, she wrote it's, it. It's, it's brilliant. Directed by Matthew Bordenave, who um, kind of an old friend, like he goes back to the Green Lantern days. Like when I was working oh, on wow. Green Lantern, Matthew was working on Young Justice. So we always oh, you know, cool. saw each other yeah. in the hallways at WB and hung out at Comic-Con. And, and uh, um, but yeah. We wound really up having uh, Greg Weissman on this podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. A few months ago. Oh, that's a, a cool. I'm sure and I mentioned you at the time. Yeah. That's true. He's got stories to tell too. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, like um, Nubian versus Nubian is great. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of like a throwback to Kramer versus Kramer for those of yeah, you who are yeah. like, you know, of the age to remember that. Um, and, you know, it's honestly like we joke about that episode that, that um, really the Nubians are the villains and Groundhawk is, is honestly the most innocent, like well-meaning, awesome. you know, person on the short, but he gets kind of roped into this scheme by Maya um, and by the way, Maya was played by, I, I think um, it's Molly Rose and she was amazing. Like oh, she cool. is that young and uh, uh, an outstanding uh, great voice actress. So she's got a great, great job. She's got a great future ahead of her. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great, it, it's, it's a great episode. Another one of my top ones though, is uh, John and Sun He. Yeah. Andy Samberg wrote this. That's like, pretty amazing, right? It's like a Korean drama. Like it's, it. Yeah. I mean, so, it, it, she has days the wife they're this elderly couple they have the wife has has days to live so they give her compound v and she gets these powers all of a sudden and she resents him for doing it and then all of a sudden has to battle her powers and it it becomes a whole to do uh it's very emotional and you get into these characters really quickly it was really like I, I, I'm especially happy how that one turned out. I mean, I think Andy wanted to do something. It's really telling, you know. I hope I don't betray any sort of um, 
you know, privacy by, by, uh, uh, by passing this on. But he, I got a sense from him that he was like, no one lets me write drama, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, he, like a successful guy, like he is, but even he gets pigeonholed. Like you're the funny dude. Like, like tell us, sure. you know, dick in the box. Like, come on, man. Yeah. And, and he wanted to do drama. And so um, he, you know, there's, there's barely a joke in this episode. Like, I, I suppose maybe you chuckle if you, yeah, totally. if you want to, when um, his character, Gary gets uh, tased, but um, you know, really touching emotional like drama and the, the, the Korean angle was actually sort of a, an added addition later when we were staffing up for the show, we were trying to find out who would direct this episode. And we ended up um, luring Steve on, who um, is another super talent. Um, he worked on Voltron and Korra, um, among many other things. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, you know, we were just talking Voltron's about- Voltron's like, another show that's really, really interesting. Yeah. You know, talking about like just how how he could make it more personal. And we were like, well, what if, what if you made the characters Korean? You know, does, does that- is that something you would want to do? And, and, you know, Steve's a very kind of mellow one, one note kind of guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it started, it, and then we got Andy's, you know, made sure he was cool with that and everyone loved the idea. So yeah, yeah. it became like this sort of, you know, uh, Korean American, you know, um, uh, drama slash horror thing about cancer and 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 Vought and I just really love kind of how it turned how it all came together. That's that's wild. That's wild. And then of course uh, the final episode, which is uh, one plus one equals two. It's clearly uh, before the boys series, um, and right. you kind of see when Homelander joins the Seven. Um, you see how Homelander's almost his background story, his, his origin yeah. story uh, comes about uh, really dark and you really, you kind of feel what, what I thought you guys captured in this and you uh, co-wrote this with Jay Kim or no, you co-directed it. Sorry, co-directed sorry. with Jay. Sorry, sorry. Written I, I by Simon. Wrong. Right. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, what, what I noticed is in a short time in animation, you go inside Homelander's head. And yeah. that's hard to do. And it's a compliment to what you guys put together because you have 14 minutes and it's not live action. That's hard to do. It, it's I'm not amazing. kissing your ass. You've been on the podcast twice. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm, I think whenever people gush about an episode like that, like I, I easily deflect, like, I think like Simon deserves a lot of credit. He, he wrote that episode and the ask was to do sort of a, a Homelander origin story. And they were trying to figure out, well, what, what would that be? And I really liked how it turned out. Like he was, he was trying to be a, a Christopher Reeve Superman. You know, he was trying to be like a, you know, like a, Hey there citizen, you, you should put that gun down. <laughs> you know, like you, you can kind of tell by the way, Anthony uh, um, portrays him in like the first half of the short and it just goes wrong. He screws it up and he just gets in too deep and like, you, you get a sense of how um, awful his childhood was and, and how he was raised and groomed to be an American hero and how it just gets twisted because of his kind of unfortunate upbringing. And, you know, he's sort of raised in a lab. It's, it's, it's really, you know, I, I love to hate Homelander. Like I think a lot of people do, but I've seen some people say that this episode actually makes them feel a little more bad for him, which I think, is 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 incredibly hard to pull off and you know I'm, I'm glad that that came across 
Well, let me put it to you this way. Um, if the goal of the show was to get me to want to see season three, you did it. Like if, <laughs> if it's, if, if the goal of this animated show is listen, productions were slowed down. We had COVID, you know, everything was shut down. Animation was the only thing that could keep going. We're telling you enough story to wet your palate so that you can dive into episode three. What I'm tempted to do, and I don't, I never have time because there's so many new things coming out all the time, is rewatch. Like I would rewatch The Boys wow. because I saw this and I saw this. Look, I was always going to, but I knew you were coming on and I wanted to make sure I saw all the episodes ahead of time. So we did a little bit of binging, you know, but, but the reality of it is, is it, it totally sets you up. It gets you back in that mind frame for the show, which I think is what Amazon was looking for. I think that was exactly it. And I, and I, I really appreciate you saying that because I, I, I've seen a few people say, um, you know, what is this? You should have been working on season three instead. <laughs> and it's, it's a little funny every time I see someone read that someone says that because it implies that like the entire, you know, uh, cast and crew of the live action show suddenly learned animation <laughs> and it was busy like drawing for like you know a year awesome. uh to deliver this instead of the boys you know season yeah, three yeah. and of course that wasn't the case um they were happening in tandem um you know if anything it, it's exactly what you said because shooting was delayed thanks to covid yep. um they wanted to give something for the fans to chew on and so you know and unfortunately it became this project and I, and I got to work on it and so, you know, uh, we, we wanted this to be an appetizer, you know, like we, we know you're starving, have some mozzarella sticks, <laughs> have some, uh, you <laughs> Can know. Can I quote you in the tweet when I tweet this podcast? <laughs> yeah, the boys exactly. diabolical is the mozzarella sticks of the show. <laughs> exactly. You know, get some, some calamari and, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll stave you <laughs> off until the main course, which is coming in June. Well. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, I had a blast watching it, but I had a blast reconnecting with you, man. And uh, it's been great. You know, thanks to social media. Um, usually we call that a cesspool, but uh, knowing you through it, uh, knowing you from it and being able to just track what you do and what you promote and how you do your thing. And, and, you know, you see my, my tweets and you see what I do too. I feel like we haven't gone 275 episodes without talking. Um, but uh, my 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 kudos uh, to you on your success, and um, I just wish you nothing but the best going forward, man. I thank you so much, and yeah, like wow, I mean, two hundred seventy-five episodes ago. So I also congratulate you. You were so success. kind then. Like I'll never forget who was willing to do this podcast when it was just an idea. I had this idea for a podcast. Uh, you know, I I had a sportscaster background. I didn't work in this genre. So I didn't know that we would have something like it. And you came on anyway. And I just, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and I'll always be indebted to you for that. Wow. Thank you for saying that. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that I could be there to, to help. <laughs> yeah. All the background stuff on Giancarlo, by the way, if you're listening, it's on the iTunes feed. If you go to the iTunes feed and scroll all the way down, uh, you'll find it. Uh, you'll, you'll find, uh, you'll find that episode and, uh, yeah, just skip over the Zack Snyder one. We can, we will, we'll, I don't want to get him in trouble anymore. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, that I should probably kind of, listen to my interview and see like, you should listen like, to the first one. You'd be amazing. Do I still agree with everything I said? You know, it was a long time ago. I'm, I'm a, well, I'm a, the funny part is, is we talked about trapped in time a lot. 
because it oh, had yeah, just come right. out. It was the Trapped in Time episode. Yeah, the the, the Justice League uh, um, animated movie, uh, Trapped in Time for kids. And yes. I gushed about Green Lantern. That's what I remember doing. And now HBO Max uh, bringing Green Lantern back, I think has introduced that show to a whole nother audience. Just like I, for example, found Rick and Morty that way. I never watched yeah. Rick and Morty on Adult Swim. I now saw it on HBO Max and I was like, oh my God, this show's great. Um, I think people are finding Green Lantern the same way. Streaming is good in that regard. And I suppose if I were to do a, a shameless plug, like check out Green Lantern, like it, yeah. it, it was designed to be sort of a kid show, but I, I think that we treated it intelligently so that yeah. it holds up for all ages. Um, so if you're, if you're a superhero fan and you're, and you're watching this or listening because of the boys um, and have not seen Green Lantern, the animated series, yeah, check, go check it out. It out. Yeah. Bill Max, like I, I'm and tra trapped in times a little more like maybe, maybe for your kids that's or something, kids, or, yeah. or if you, that's if you kids. want, yep. but you know, I, I remember sort of lamenting at the time on, on trapped in time that uh, we had some ideas that we wanted to do that were a little darker um, uh, like specifically they were going to go back in time to stop the origin story of of the the main three superheroes right. which was yep. which was superman, superman batman, batman and wonder, batman, wonder woman. woman yep and part of the reason why we truncated it to just superman's origin was because batman's origin is a tricky one you have to stop his parents from being murdered so that he never wants vengeance and becomes right. the Batman. And what has to happen at the end of that movie is that they have to put things back. So they have to sort of stand aside and let his parents get murdered yeah, yeah. Um, so that he will in fact become Hard Batman. Hard to do that in a kid's show. Right? And we got into an argument with DC and they just wouldn't let us do it on a kid's thing. And I, they're, they're probably right. But you know, that little thorn in my side is part of the reason why I signed up for the boys because we did whatever the fuck we wanted on this show. <laughs> and you know, I, I hope that, uh, you know, if you want something wholesome, watch Justice League. If you want something a little yeah. twisted, watch the boys. Yeah, it must be uh, very different to be in uh, that, 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 that editing booth. Uh, <laughs> just just so. imagine. Uh, Giancarlo, thanks again uh, for coming on this podcast and uh, thanks for your support over the years. And you know, you have mine. Uh, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. This is really great chatting and catching up. And glad to see, man, 277. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> they, they, many they pile episodes. up after a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it feel, feels like, uh, you know, like riding a bike. Like you know how to put them together these days. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Hall of Justice. Don't forget, new episode comes out each and every Thursday. We will see you then. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.